Hi, this is Ron Darling with SNY TV. Um, you know me from covering the Mets, and uh, I hope you get a chance to listen to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. I had a great time. I hope you do, too. Mets Musings is an unofficial, independent podcast covering New York's National League Baseball team. It is not affiliated in any way with Major League Baseball or the New York Mets. This, this is Len and Jeff, Jeff from Baseball and Barbecue. And the one place to go for New York Mets news, past week game reviews, upcoming series previews, interviews, analysis, opinion, and, and what's, what's going, going down, down on the farm. farm. It's, it's Mets Musings with Gary Mack. So keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. It's a special edition of Mets Musings. Yes, uh, a special edition because the news that came out was not good yesterday, and that was the fact that the it looks like the Steve Cohen deal is dead, or could be dead. It could be on life support. We don't know. We're going to find out more about it in just a few minutes because I have got the man that broke the story for the New York Post, and he's going to talk to us. His name is Thornton McHenry, and he's joining us on the phone right now. Thornton, welcome to Mets Musings. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, Thornton, please say it's not so. <laughs> Tell me the deal isn't dead. Uh, I mean, we can't report that it's dead. I mean, we're <laughs> we're hearing that it, it's it's on life support. Uh, it might be dead. Uh, it sounds like it's getting pretty close to dead, or maybe we're looking at some last-minute uh, deal machinations from uh, Cohen's side or potentially the Wilpon side. It, it just it seems like uh, I think we can report that it's a mess. Uh, a dangerous <laughs> mess is the best I think I can do for you. Now you're you're also a diehard Met fan, so you must be doubly interested in this story. Oh man, my first baseball game ever was Game Six of the '86 World Series. I was six years old, wow. uh, so yeah. I mean, I, I I thought maybe the Mets were. Uh, so to me, the Mets have always been magical. I've lived through times that proved that that wasn't so. I was at uh, the ND Chavez catch game where uh-huh. Charles Strong guy then right. we we were, were we were just ticket holders. So yeah, I love the Mets. Uh, it would have been nice to see uh, some money poured in, but uh, yeah, but it's 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 it's, it's a bummer. So. Uh- Tell us, um, how did this, I mean, you don't have to tell us your sources and all of that stuff. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, but, I'm, I'm not, yeah, it's funny, I'm not even a sports reporter. I'm i I'm actually a, a hedge fund finance. I, I cover hedge funds and banks. I'm a finance reporter right. at the paper. Uh, I, so my, uh, my experience, but it's actually interesting that, uh, hedge funds and the will pond seem to be a constant theme. Um, yes. I was, I, I was at the New York observer in 2011, uh, when the will ponds deal with, uh, another hedge fund manager, David Einhorn. David Fell apart, fell apart at the 11th hour. Uh, and I was actually on a call with David after he gave a press conference announcing that that deal had fallen through. And he painted a very dark picture of what it was like to negotiate with the Lil Ponce. 
accused them of all kinds of last minute dark, uh, back backhanded dealings, uh, literally going to Major League Baseball and uh, lobbying against their own deal to kill a clause that he could pull out his money if they didn't play ball with him. Yeah. All kinds of weird stuff. I mean, I think it's time Einhorn told us. You know, I'm a hedge fund manager, and I can't believe what I'm what what, what I'm seeing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, so I mean that was pretty bad. Uh, and then again, the very first week at the post, Steve, the deal with Steve Cohen was announced or got out, and uh, we were back into the Will Ponds trying to get a hedge fund guy to come in and buy the team. Um, you know, usually in negotiations, though, you have to come from a strong point, and they're not really. I guess their strong point is they still have the team, but. I mean, they're in it. They've got a lot of debt. Uh, you know, how how do these guys put up with it? I mean, if you're going to put 1.5 billion or two billion, whatever he was going to put in, and not have control of the team for five years, seems ludicrous. I mean, yeah. I mean, to to, to go back and to frame it again uh, with the the Einhorn deal, it was like half a billion. It was right after Madoff. Things were really bad, and it seemed like Einhorn had some really good leverage on them, and right. they sort of walked away. And the league was furious. With this deal, it's almost like a baroque, uh, wild version of that. I mean, they have less leverage than ever. I mean, the the, the Wilpons financials are are make them, are the weakest of any in Major League Baseball at this point. Um, and they're dealing with a guy in Steve Cohen who is worth $13 billion. He's one of the most successful uh, financiers of his era. Uh, he's willing to overpay, and he's willing to do this five-year window thing, which might or might not have to do with the Madoff settlement financing, um, and to gradually take over the team. It was the deal of the century for the Wilpon. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, to be honest, the only thing when we heard the parameters of the deal reporting it originally were this can't be true because it's too good for the Wilpon. <laughs> uh, and now, and somehow, it sounds, it seems from people we've talked to, they've managed to screw it up. Uh, so it's pretty jarred. So from what you gather, uh, and uh, uh, from your Met fan experience, um, <laughs> do, do you think that the, they just don't want to let go? It's like they give a death grip on this team and they just don't want to let go of it. I mean, what the rumors seem to be and what we seem to be hearing and what we were hearing even when the deal was first announced was that Fred and Jeff Wilpon are, this is their business. This is their baby. They love this. Uh, Fred's getting older. The word on the street is Jeff wants to keep running it, but people around that family don't think Jeff is capable. Uh, Saul Katz, in particular, uh, is uh, desperate to sell the team, doesn't think it's worth keeping around, and doesn't mm -hmm. trust Jeff to run it uh, efficaciously anyway. And the idea was that when the first story was first leaked, it was Saul who was sort of driving the train to get the story out, to push it, to make it happen. Um, so as of right now, it seems like... Uh, you know, the idea is that people, everyone but Fred and Jeff Wilpon want this deal. Uh, everybody wants them to sell, especially for $2.6 million, not even for the whole team. The $2.6 billion price tag is for 80% of the team, wow. which makes the valuation of the team that much higher. It would make right. them by far and away the highest valued team uh, by purchase price in baseball history. Uh, Major League Baseball, uh, our understanding, would like the deal to go through. Uh, all ships rise on a rising tide. Right. Uh, it's just, it's the kind of thing where, yeah, it sounds, the, the story seems to be the only people that don't want this deal done are the Wilpons. And, uh, and, and the deal didn't even include SNY, so they still have a piece of that. 
Yeah, originally the reporting was that SNY'd be held onto a bet to the Wilpons. I mean, there's some whispers now. The, I mean, it's it's very, like everything else here, the gossip is murky, but apparently there was some discussion about SNY that wasn't clear, uh, but SNY maybe eventually being available. Also, there's something with SNY where the Mets uh, rights uh, to games, SNY owns that rights into like the late 2020s, early 2030s. And uh, so there, there might have been a situation in which Cohen would have to negotiate with the Wilpons <laughs> on the rights to Mets games on television, which is absurd, I think, really. Uh, and again, if anything, people keep saying deals, but uh, Steve Cohen is a hedge fund manager. He's trading. This is a trade for him. That's how he sees things. So mm-hmm. he's playing long trades on this. He's trying to see value. Uh, and I think that's what's maybe going on here is that, you know, he's already sort of, I think, at the edge of reason on his trade, and they're sort of maybe even making this a little harder, and he's ready to walk away. Uh, so, yeah, I, mean, I think that's where we might be. The SNY thing, again, though, is murky. But it did seem strange that there's a TV network that was sort of outside a $2.6 million deal. Now, would this deal originally, because we've never heard it mentioned, I guess it, it would, but would I guess it would include the Cyclones and the St. Lucie Mets and the Syracuse Mets now as well. Is that all in the same? Uh, that's not. I mean, we don't. I really don't have. I wish I could comment on that. Um, yeah. I know that. The, I know the the, the the Cyclones have have the Wilpons are in the ownership group on the on the Brooklyn Cyclones. I know, but they have a partner there, and my understanding is that partner. I mean, I don't think he's privy to this deal. Uh, St. Lucie Mets, I think, might be a wholly owned subsidiary of the Mets. Um, but I think the minor league teams, I think, might be a different discussion. Um, oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, again, I'm not really sure. No, but, uh, but that's the most. Yeah, but that... I think uh, but I think there are, I think there's different players in those that would have to agree to their own uh, deal. Um, but, I mean, it would, it's off the top of my head, I'd have to tell you that uh, if those uh, minor league franchises were involved, I would assume the partners in those would jump at the chance to be part of anything, again, that involved a $2.6 billion <laughs> price tag for 80% of the franchise. Sure, because the money uh, trickled down, right? And money's going to trickle down to them eventually. He's going to want to have the minor leagues, uh, you know, uh, Yeah, and I'm, and I'm a person guy, and I can tell you that, I, I mean, my, I've been to the games, and I, I would assume that the Cyclones are pretty, uh, it's, a, it's a nice little side business. I know they do pretty well. Yeah, they certainly do, and uh, uh, boy, you are a diehard fan. You've been to those games. I've been there. I have young, I'm a Brooklyn Knight with young kids, so it's a nice cheap ticket in the summer. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it, it's, this is a very fascinating thing. And I mean, yeah, I mean, part of me, and I think a lot of people out there watching this are thinking maybe this thing isn't entirely dead. And quite frankly, at a certain point, Major League Baseball might have to make their presence felt. Because again, this is the kind of thing that Major League Baseball would love to see go through, right. and it's not—it's not the first time the Wilpons have done this either. And there, if again, if if, if it's what we're hearing is true, if this is what they're doing again, and it's another iteration of what we've seen them do a couple of times, it's at the point where Major League Baseball might have to help them help themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the definition of insanity: doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if what we're hearing is true, this might not be the end. It might just be a really bad moment. Uh, but again, I mean, we, we've, seen, we, we've also seen this play before where a, you know, a, a billionaire local financier who is a lifelong fan of the team, uh, tries to get in by the Mets, be a part of this and walks away just frustrated and angry at the behavior of the Wilpons in, 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 in the transaction process. 
Now, I, I don't know if you can answer this, but you'd probably have more of an idea than I would being a finance guy. Can their loans be called? I mean, they're $350 million in debt. Can the banks call that loan in, or is it, uh, I know Major League Baseball, I believe, loaned their money as well when C-League was I mean, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with the, uh, the details of their loans, but I mean, you know... <laughs> Hypothetically, in terms of you know financial laws, yeah, yeah I mean, loans can be call- loans can be called in, you know, as a <laughs> just as a rule. Right, there right. might be certain there might be certain restrictions or things built into their deal. Right. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, at a certain point, yeah, loans loans will come due, and and the people who lent them money, I think, uh, are looking at this and think, hmm, you know, this would have been a really good time to right. pay us back. Right. Uh, so I mean, yeah, if, if there if there aren't any any. Uh, Strings on that, there is a chance that those loans could be called. And like you just said, Major League Baseball might have to act. I mean, they did it with the Dodgers, and uh, I guess the last time maybe with Einhorn they didn't because C League was in office, and now it's a different commissioner, and maybe he's not as buddy buddy with the Wilpons as uh, Bud C League yeah. was. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, as much as I as much as I like to compare the two, because I think maybe my personal experience with both uh, the Einhorn and Cohen thing aren't—it's not exactly apples to apples. I mean, uh, I think Ackman was buying a majority stake right. uh, for a much lower sum, um, and I think the problem there became more of a deal situation where, again, Ackman walked away after he felt he'd been uh, lied to and misused. Uh, whereas with Cohen, the amount of money is just so different. It's a majority state. Right. And, uh, just the only thing that seems maybe replicable is what we're understanding is the behavior on one side of the negotiating table. Now, you also wrote in the article that, uh, a source close to Cohen uh, suggested to you that it's possibly, it could be a ploy, um, you know, well, my source, it's a, the source I had was just a hedge fund person familiar with Cohen uh, in, in that realm. And just, you know, he, he was speaking to the fact that, you know, Cohen's a guy who, who you know, who likes to, like, he likes to make, he likes to win, he likes to get uh-huh. what he wants. And he likes to figure things out. And uh, the idea that he just walked away from this uh, after having sort of gone pretty far down the line. I mean, he sold it. He sold his hedge fund investors that this is happening. Right. Uh, my my colleague Mike Puma, I suppose, is reporting that he was planning a opening day party and uh, was ready to really celebrate this. Uh, and a guy like Steve Cohen just doesn't doesn't suffer these kind of losses easily. Uh, so there is, you know, some smoke to the fire and the idea that he's pulling a very uh, dramatic negotiating tactic. Again, that is total supposition uh, based on what we're hearing. But uh, yeah, the people are saying, you know, it's not like Steve Cohen to just. Uh, a walk away uh, quietly, you know. Um, but again, the other thing here is uh, the the Mets confirmed this in a bizarre statement yesterday. That was a denial, not yeah. denial. Like <laughs> you rarely see in this business, uh, sort of using an NDA as cover to not talk about something that they clearly were ready to talk about. Um, and uh, from what we're hearing from people around Cohen is that Cohen seems very, very, very. Uh, married the idea of respecting that NDA and that he wants that NDA in place. And I think he's essentially maybe waiting for the Wilpon to say something and then he'll respond. But it doesn't sound like Steve Cohen's interested in being the first person to talk here. So now talking in the newsroom and, and, uh, and everything, what's the gut feeling at the post? I mean, uh, it's, it's all speculation folks. It's not, this is not, you know, not holding your feet to the fire. Uh, do you think it's dead? Does the, does the consensus there at the Post think it's dead? Or is there a chance it can be rekindled? 
I mean, I think the catch is here is we hope the story keeps going. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I think, uh, I mean, I think we're, I mean, I think we're thinking it looks pretty close to death. Uh, that, you know, usually we don't get, usually things don't get to this point, that we don't get uh, this kind of information. And statements like the one the Mets released yesterday aren't made unless uh, things are pretty bad. Um, So either, uh, yeah, either someone's doing a very, very dangerous uh, negotiating tactic in the the late stages of this, or we're looking at the death of yet another deal to rescue the Mets from a ownership group that quite frankly can't afford to, maybe can't afford to run the team anymore. So I, I mean, I, I'm not asking for an answer. I, I'm I'm just speculating myself. But where did they go? I mean, what happens if they can't? You know, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, there was talk before that Cohen wasn't the only guy interested. That the Mets had been sort of shopping a a majority stake uh, with this five year window thing. Other people had been interested. Um, the question is, is you know, who else is there? I mean, no one with. Steve Cohen's money is available. I mean, a few people have Steve Cohen's money in the world, uh, and I don't think he might. He, he's probably the world's richest Mets fan. I, right. I think that's fair to say. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think you know that that is the question. I mean, if not him, who else? And it's going to be a lower number. So uh, yeah, especially after this, I think you know if if, if this all bears out and it comes out that you know this is what happened and this negotiation was handled in a certain way, people aren't going to be ponying up another huge amount for a 80% stake in his team. Right. And and maybe, I mean, maybe just maybe he's thinking that they're in such bad shape that they'll have to come back to him and he can get it at a lower rate. I don't I mean, know. Cohen, I mean, I, there's a lot, you can say a lot of things about Steve Cohen and I've covered Steve Cohen for years, um, but one thing you really can't say about him is that he isn't an incredibly sharp and shrewd businessman. Right. Uh, he, he, he really does, he does understand his world. So, I mean, if there is a plan and he has it, then uh, I think maybe we'll see it come out. But uh, as of right now, he's being pretty quiet, and so are the Mets. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I think in the next 48 hours, we'll get some clarity. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I don't know. it's all very confusing to me, high finance. That's why I have a, uh, someone like you that knows what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I think and- it's confusing to everybody right now, to be <laughs> totally frank. Uh, we're all just sort of muddling through and trying to put to, tie together what we're hearing. It just seems any dealings with the Wilpons seem to be very confusing. <laughs> I mean, from talking to people who deal with the Wilpons, that seems to be a pretty common thread. But, uh, you know, I mean, they, they've held on to the team for a long time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I still say, I mean, it's the same with you about the Wilpons. They're still there. Uh, and, and they've managed to get muddled through this far. So we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's, uh, at this point it's a waiting game, just trying to get uh, a little more from someone just to say something out loud about what's going, actually going right. on here. Well, put your fans hat on for a second, and uh, are you happy with what the Mets the Mets moves on the uh, in the off season? And uh, how do you think the? Uh, year's I always go? try to be an optimist when it comes to the Mets. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know those those, those big three starters. Uh, you know, I, I gotta love Jacob Degrom. It's pretty difficult to not be excited about seeing him back on the mound every year. And those, you know, they got you know right. Yeah, they have three good arms, and you know, Pete Alonso is pretty fun, and Jeff McNeil is a guy that I think you know. You, you, I watch my son, my seven-year-old, and his friends like Alonzo and McNeil have become you know the the polar bear and the squirrel. Kids right. love these guys. Right. And, yeah, I mean, I think there's a little there's a there's a there's a core here to build around. I mean, I think the Mookie Betts trade that went down yesterday was maybe you know maybe a guy like Cohen with his money maybe that <laughs> comes the best way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you know. The Mets want a big name, and I think they want to build around it. And they got Alonzo, and hopefully, 
Cena, hopefully there is a glimmer of hope in the future to bring in someone like that. But I think the Mets will be uh, at least fun to watch like they were at the end of last year. Maybe they can uh-huh. carry that into next year. I agree. I think they're going to be competitive, and I. I uh, think I'm ignoring the manager situation. I'm just <laughs> pretending like that's not happening. I'm just just for my own sanity. Did you like Beltron? <laughs> Did you like the choice I, of Beltron? Well, I liked Carlos. I mean, I was a big fan of that team. That that whole you know that right. Naya right. era. That was a fun yeah. group, man. I we yeah, my dad and I were season ticket holders those years, so I got I was on a lot of those games where. David Wright was a doubles machine, and yeah. Beltron was the sort of gel of the lineup. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was a Xavier Nady guy, so that's how, oh, that's how okay. dark it gets for me. <laughs> I was, I, I thought, I was like, they can't trade Nady. And then, you know. <laughs> then they traded him. Uh, <laughs> they traded him. I, I, yeah, I still think that deal. Who knows? But yeah, I, I love that whole team with Duca. And that was a great group. Um, after the late 80s, that was probably my second favorite Mets team, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked Carlos. He was part of that era, but you know, it is what it is. Apparently, people love Rojas, and we'll see. We'll see how they do. That's what I say. You know? I love being considered. I love. I love being considered a baseball expert. I have no. <laughs> I have no right pontificating. <laughs> uh, but this, this is fun. Hey, you know why not? This is what we do. Uh, we're not connected to yeah, anybody. So uh, I've been doing this for uh, ten years, and and uh, I'm an old guy. I go back to the '62 Mets. So <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm 66 yeah. years old, so <laughs> I go back a while with them. But uh, yeah, it well, would be fun. To, would be would be fun to see a playoff game at City Field. It would be fun to watch them really. Go. It certainly would be. Well, I want to thank you so much. I know you're very busy, and I, and I really appreciate your time. And uh, I hope you'll keep in touch. If you have my email, and if anything comes up, please yeah. drop me a line. Let and you know that that you can. You know, me. I'm not I'm not asking for anything. Off, you know that <laughs> <laughs> you can't that you're gonna write first. But if you could write it and when it goes to the printer, then send it to me. I'd appreciate. It. <laughs> we'll let you know. Thanks again. Oh, thank you, Thornton. Bye-bye now. And I'll be back right after this. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the Internet today about their teams. It always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com, along with Mets Musings and other great baseball podcasts. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. Well, we're back, and and I hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, you know, we're all in limbo, even the reporters, and and with all the sources and everything, they're still not sure. But uh, keep an eye on it. As Thornton said, the next forty eight hours could prove uh, to be very uh, monumental in in the Mets' history as we go forward and see whether or not. This is a negotiating ploy, whether or not the deal is dead, whether this is uh, trying to force the Wilpons hand even further. Uh, We'll just have to watch it and see what goes on. And uh, I want to uh, 
Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to thank my guest, Thornton McHenry of Finance Reporter for the New York Post. And I want to thank you all again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, uh, let's see, uh, wherever you listen to the podcast, uh, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, you know all the places spotify anchor whatever uh please hit the subscribe button that helps me grow the show and expand new listeners and until next time remember to keep the faith stay optimistic keep your fingers crossed that cohen is not going away and let's go mets opening day uh coming up uh, uh spring training pitches and catches start in about oh i don't know five days or whatever so uh baseball's coming coming fast and i'll see you on the next edition of mets musings